Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersusGrowroom.com. This week we had a break, so there was no live show yesterday, so there is no cannabis news and grow guides this week, but instead we have interviews all week. So the first interview we're going to put out this week is from Kyle Breeder. Now, that's his actual name. It's not like a pseudonym or anything, just a fake surname. It's actually his surname, Kyle Breeder. And conveniently enough, he also breeds cannabis. And this interview is pretty much all about breeding cannabis. You know, we go off on tangents and have random discussions about other things as we do in our interviews. But there's a lot of information in this episode about how you can make your own cannabis seeds, breed your own cannabis and come up with your own strains. It's a real cool interview, got loads of great information. And we really appreciate Kyle coming along and chatting to us for a while. Uh, you can find Kyle all over social networks. Just search for predictive breeding or pure breeding, Kyle Breeder, loads of different ways you can find him. Or you can head to his website, which is pure-breeding.com. And you'll be able to find everything you want to know about him over there. And he also usually has seeds for sale. But as he says in this interview, he's a bit low on stock right now, but he's making more seeds. But enjoy the interview. Uh, it's real cool, man. Lots of good information. Have a pen and paper handy if you want to start learning how to breed your own cannabis. There's loads of great information in here. But for now, enjoy the episode and I'll speak to you at the end. See you in a bit. Hey, Kyle, you're in? I'm in. Hey, welcome, man. Sweet. Monkey here. Mackie's, on, Mackie's here, too, with us. How's it going, Kyle? Good, good. Nice to meet you guys. Man, How you I, doing? I always thought when uh, when it was Kyle Breeder, I thought that was just like a, a pseudonym, you know, just a fake surname. But it's actually your surname, isn't it? Breeder is actually your surname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. ironic, eh? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's like that's exactly why I had to ask. I didn't want to assume that I had it right. So I think I've heard this before, but let me ask because it's just too perfect. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely uh, not only too many people would fall in that same situation, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Sure, nope. I, I, you know, I agree, man. Mr. Doctor, so, really, man. <laughs> So uh, it looks like uh, your website is pea breeding. And if I remember right, at once upon a time, didn't you call it predicated breeding? And you've changed it, I believe, to pure breeding now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, initially I kind of wanted to stand, well, me and, the, you know, the company I was trying to build uh, to kind of stand out from some of the other companies. And I just, uh, I heard Kevin Jodry. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but right, yeah. of course you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I was on your, I looked at your uh, your page. Um and uh, yeah, we've been talking. I just heard, and basically, he he was using the word predicative, and I was like, oh, I kind of I kind of like how that works. And uh, long story short, uh, for like a year and some change, it was just a lot of uh, vocabulary issues with people finding me or pronouncing it. It was like you know, uh, predictive breeding, and like it was like happening on live television or air a lot. And I was just like, all right, well, something, you know, I love the name, but like, unfortunately, I have to make a professional decision and change it to something that people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, just not find me easier. It's just something yeah. that's more, more cleaner. And I was like, well, why not just change it to pure? And I was like, ah, oh, you know, and uh, people love it. I love it. So, 
Yeah, uh, me too. I think it, 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 your message is perfect there, though. I mean, if they can remember you, they can find you. And if they can find you, they can buy your seeds. Oh, man. Yeah, it was pr pr uh, proactive breeding, preactive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not radioactive breeding. There you go. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, man, I, well, basically the final straw for me was I went on an interview and before the interview, he was like, all right, Kyle, it's 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 predicated, right? I'm like, yes, because he initially, you know, five minutes prior to that, he messed it up. So the second we went live, he's like, hey, this is Kyle. And and he did it live right after we just spoke about it, like three minutes prior. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kyle from Pterodactyl Breeding. <laughs> I know. Yeah. They will remember that one. I'm sure they would remember that one. I know. Um, but yeah, so I changed it. And uh, yeah, you can find me. You can still use the word P breeding. You can use purebreeding.com. You can use predicatedbreeding.com. I own all those domains. They all lead to one uh, one homepage. I mean, the site is a little bit shy with seeds right now because, uh, I mean, the last drop I did with uh, John from Green Bodie Genetics, we, uh, we did a collaboration together on three lines that uh, we released. And they just said it went really quick and uh, I didn't think they're going to be so quick. So I've kind of just been, uh, I have some stock on the site, but it's just really low. But in like, I want to say three weeks, I have a brand new seed line dropping. That's uh, it's called the wake and bake line. And uh, if you look at my feed, you can kind of see the, uh, the, 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 the varieties that are going with that. But uh, I'm excited, man, really good fit, really good mothers that I use. And uh, they all blended really well. And some really good, uh, you know, terpene profiles that are coming out of these girls. So I'm just really excited about that. Sweet. Fantastic, man. So, uh, yeah, I did notice when I, when I checked your site out that you were a little, little bit short on seed stock there. I was thinking either 420 hit you real hard or you must have done a real good interview that got the word out there because they sure did clean you out a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a couple of platforms, too, that, um, you know, that have basically I have like a good relationship with, that uh, you know, promote myself a little bit like DC Seed Exchange and stuff like that. Those guys I'm, I'm like close from friends with. And uh, so that kind of helps. You know, I don't just have. Uh, I don't drive all traffic just through my site, but, um, you know, just, yeah. just being spread out and just being friendly with everybody and working with, with, you know, farms and just, uh, you know, just trying to do the right thing. Well, we've had a little bit of interest on our site lately with, uh, and I'm not going to say breeding, I'll say making seeds because I do believe there's a big difference between breeding and making seeds. Pollen chucking. Pollen chuck is pretty much what we yeah. do around the site. And then maybe, maybe a little bit of pheno hunting here and try and find something, but nothing on the scale of what, what I would consider real breeding to do. So Thought it might yeah. be good to get Kyle here and tell us about your process. I understand you you're a high stress breeder. Yeah, so it's interesting when you you bring up bring that up, right? So there is like the the guy who who just like reverses anything, or maybe just has a male that was given and just kind of you know, which obviously you just you know you're just you're just doing the act without actually having an agenda, which is basically kind of what breeding would be is having a, a mission or a goal and trying to reach that goal. Uh -huh. Um, and, you know, but I feel like there are, there are tiers to breeders, right? You have some guys like, you know, it's really hard. I, I kind of want to touch base on this too. So I'm glad you brought it up. It's like, if I were to try and make like F5, you know, anything F5 and higher, which obviously would be pretty uh, stable lines. Um, it would take like five generations. Well, five generations is obviously like five cycles Well, those five cycles. And that's if you're like, hopefully whichever direction you went, it was the correct direction you wanted. Cause sometimes you have to backpedal and go a different way. But let's just say in a perfect scenario, you're, that's probably like, I don't know, two or three years maybe, or, or right. possibly four, you know, and it's like, nobody would ever be, um, nobody would ever get anything from us. So I do work on those kind of varieties and I have some things that I'm working on now. Uh, I'm more into like the older stuff, like Northern lights and skunk, but like pre pre Sam. So like 19, you know, like 80 stuff. I just, and you, when you mix that in with the new stuff, it really pairs really well and it's really cool. But, um, but yeah, so the whole breeding thing. So like, it's, uh, 
you know, uh, there are like levels to that. So, I mean, like, I think if people are making F1s, but there's a scenario, like, you know, there's, there's where the gray area starts. I feel like with companies, like some, a lot of people will just cross anything. If it's fire, it doesn't really, you know, it's not, they're not so much uh, focused on like how it grew. They're just looking at the flower, you know, the project, or maybe it's the only two, maybe they just bought two cuts that they know are fire from a nursery. Well, that's going to make good seeds, right? Cause you're taking two fire cuts and, um, and to me, that's kind of like where it gets like kind of hacky and I don't really, uh, I don't say I don't respect them cause I respect everybody, but like, I just find that that's kind of where it's like, they're just making seeds, I guess, just for profit mm-hmm. per se. And versus somebody like, you know, if I do release an F1, like I, I put that girl for, at least for me, everyone's different, but, uh, you know, I, like I put that girl through all these stress tests to make sure there's no hermaphroditic traits. And then, um, you know, I'm like extremely selective. Like I don't even, most people will grow the 20, let's just say 20 seeds, find the flower and whichever the prettiest flower is will typically use that for their crosses when I'm deleting everything before I even get to flower. So I might end up start with 20, but I only have like one or two. And then I hope that throughout that whole process that the flower goes with it, which usually it does. Uh, I don't know if I've just been out of luck or not, but, um, and that's just really good. So if you're being really selective and like actually like deleting things that you know, shouldn't be involved in the next generation that aren't vigorous, that might have uneven secondary uh, internode sections and stuff like that. You should be calling those even, you know, and, uh, so, um, but yeah, that's just kind of what I do in a nutshell. And I just kind of, I think, you know, there is that fine line and breeders are like, are are you really putting in, you know, some time and effort and, and, uh, and different variations versus some of this just taking cuts and crossing them. Mm. So you use some terminology there. Um, would you be able to explain what F1 and F5 is the difference in between it? Because there's a lot of listeners who might not know what that is. Yeah. Just- an F1 generation is just uh, when you're just crossing any two different varieties together, mm-hmm. that's, that creates the F1 generation. And then when you, when you cross those two together, uh, you'll have an F2 generation. When you take the children of, of that, you, you just keep going down the line. And obviously as you go down the line, they start to become more and more similar depending on, um, your breeding pro I would assume if you're trying to achieve a goal and you're choosing or and selecting plants that are still obtaining that goal while you're moving down the generations. And by the time you get to, you know, F six and on or roughly in there, the, you know, the plants will be pretty similar. Yes. Yeah, so you mean like each seed will share similar, will look the same as another seed, for example. Right. 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 A lot of the craziness now in the seed packs is they're just, uh, you're taking like a mom from like Egypt and a dad from like Japan and then crossing it with someone in Africa and like Taiwan. And then mm-hmm. when you mix those two, you're just having all this crazy shit going on. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the industry today. That's what we're yeah, all, yeah. everyone's just banging each other and uh, just hoping it turns <laughs> out good. It's very messy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I feel like there's a, you know, we're, we're starting to bottleneck and I know you hear it on a lot of uh, podcasts and just everyone that talks about it, but it's really, it's really important that we kind of start diving into the old stuff and mixing it with the new and just taking like different directions. Cause uh, you know, it, just the whole industry, just everyone's just basing things off of numbers and like no one's been following the cannabinoid uh, profile since like, you know, God knows whenever lab testing was like truly being used, like maybe in the early two thousands or something, you know, I'm not sure, but, uh, there's a lot, and there's a lot of good, good material. Like I have six, uh, I have six or seven skunk now, which isn't a whole lot. And I have a bunch of Northern lights and man, they're just so different. They're so vigorous and they're so uniform and they're so sturdy. Like the second, nothing's limping. It's just a, it's just a whole, a whole different, uh, genetic pool. You know, it's, it's really cool. Oh, is this something that you're planning on re-releasing some of these old lines stabilized? 
hundred percent. Yeah. So I've been, uh, ever, I made a post a long time ago and everyone's been sending me stuff, uh, throughout the years, but yeah, I have like true Panama red. I have like real, like really good skunk. Uh, and everybody had different versions of skunk, but mine's like really old. So it's pretty, uh, almost it's basically the flower itself. You can tell has validity to it just to the way it is. But, uh, but yeah, I'd like to, I'm going to do an open pollination and then uh, release those to the public. And, uh, you know, maybe give away his freebies. And uh, I have some stuff that Kevin gave me, some Gonzi seeds. Uh, I saw him up in Maine. I met him up in Maine three weeks ago. And uh, he gave me some personalized seeds from uh, Gonzi. And, um, you know, so those are going to be really cool to tap yeah, into and give, give those out. I think he was talking about those being extremely dank. If I remember <laughs> talking to Kevin about those, those seeds. Yeah. Yeah. He said, uh, he told me to look out. He said, he told me to F3 them. So, uh, assumingly there would be an F2 generation right now. So to cross basically grow those seeds and then cross all the males to all the females to mm -hmm. create an F3 generation. And then, uh, he said, I'm looking for a male that smells like, like a dead cat or something. <laughs> That's the ones. Yeah. We have like yeah. another panel member who heard that and, and begged Kevin for some, some of those seeds cause he loves the stinky stuff, but yep. yeah. The cat piss is his favorite. <laughs> yeah. of all things yeah really yeah yeah i got a somebody gave me a cut recently called like the cat piss high country i don't even know if you guys have even heard of that i surely haven't but uh no what, I've what's never, different I'm, about it i don't know somebody had given me i've never well i've never smelled true cat piss on weed so that'd be kind of <laughs> interesting for one but uh yeah i'm just kind of curious to see how that flower turns out um because i've been kind of playing with the same material i mean not really the same material but i kind of stay in like uh, my own zone because if you just start following the hype stuff and I almost, I kind of almost did once and I just had like uh, some issues in my breeding program just because of uh, mostly pertaining to like intersex traits and stuff like that. And uh, it's just, yeah. So I try and stay with the gene pool that I know is, is really well. And then I try and mix certain, you know, different things together, but uh, I just know like my stuff and I haven't had a, I haven't honestly, and, and, and I'm not lying at all. I have not even checked for a male sack on any of my females in two years i don't even look anymore i've never had any issues nice. um, and that's just because uh, you know for anyone that is trying to breed and i can this is really important since i'm kind of doing this with you guys is um everyone everyone's um correlates fem, uh hermaphrodite traits on plants or aka hermes with feminized seeds and that's not, it's not, it's not completely true at all. Anytime you're getting hermaphrodite plants is it's, it's from the, it's the breeder's fault because they selected varieties or a mother that had that trait either maybe not at that time and present, but definitely somewhere in its, uh, you know, genomic, um, past. And, uh, you know, so if you start with good, if you want to try and start a breeding program, find something that, you know, yields pretty well and it's a good hybrid, like a perfect hybrid looking, or maybe indica or depending on whatever you're trying to achieve really. And uh, just stress, stress her the hell out, you know, and if she survives all that S1 that see if those children are good. And if they are, then man, you got a wicked strong mom that is, is if, you know, if she's, in, if she ain't going to break, she ain't going to, her children ain't going to break, you know, and it's uh, and that's where people get messed up is they use all these fire genetics, AKA air quotes, you know, around that fire. And yeah, uh, basically like just, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, like gorilla glue, uh, which unfortunately has a, has a tendency to harm on people and things like that. And, Lots of lots of ones out there that you're talking about. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So what do you it's mean by S1 there, approach. Kyle? You said S1, and that's different from F1, F1, F2, F3. So yeah. I'm so an S1 is when you take a girl plant and you basically. Uh, so each branch is an individual memory card on a on a on a cannabis plant, which is pretty interesting. So like. Right. 
um, basically what, what you want to do is, um, you know, female cannabis plants, uh, produce ethylene and that's how they know they're a girl or a boy because they're dioxys plants. So inherently they hold male and girl parts, but they have uh, a choice to go either out, uh, that can be induced. And typically if they do it naturally, that's a hermaphrodite. But uh, basically we cover these pores or, you know, how like your arm has pores. Well, we cover the branch, the branches pores with certain chemicals. Like we use colloidal silver or STS and some other products out there. Mm-hmm. But um, basically we spray that a, a branch or all the branches, depending on whatever you're trying to achieve. And uh, basically those female plants will slowly grow male parts because you block the pores. So she's like, oh, I don't sense any ethylene. I must be a boy. So she starts growing male parts. <laughs> But really, you know, it's a girl. Right, that's how that process works. Right. Right. Yeah. And you already, you know, and you started with a female, strong female. So, you know, she's good. And then you just collect that pollen. You can either wipe it on a different branch on that same plant or wipe it onto a whole nother, another female. And then that's how you make a uh, girl on girl, which by far is, you know, I, I think it's cool to have males and there isn't really any scientific studies of what the male is truly passing on. And if you need it, because I can achieve if so far, I mean, we're all achieving or some of us are achieving the same goals with just girls. And if anything, probably faster, because you know exactly what she looks like with a male, you're only getting certain traits. So it's really, you actually, you actually have to keep checking the children to see what the dad's giving. And then it's yeah. like, that takes so much time. And like, you're talking like six months. And uh, so it's just girl on girl breeding is far faster, more efficient. And as far as I'm, as far as I know, I could be wrong. Uh, there's no benefits in not doing it. So Okay, uh, but I, I don't know of any benefits or disadvantages either way. So since you're the expert, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's just a lot faster, you know. Because if you could see two pretty girls, you can kind of get with like you know blonde hair, b- blue eyes, and they both have that. You can kind of picture what the children are going to be probably blonde hair, blue eyes. But it, with 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 males, all you see is all you get is terpene profile off of the off of the male flowers, or maybe even just the stems and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, you know yeah, maybe. And maybe some some visualness of stature, but like that's all you're getting. You know, you don't know like what the calyx formation looks like. You don't know how heavy the trichome production is. And now, what Kevin did talk about years ago that you can do is, uh, let's say you have ten male plants, you can take a sample from each one, send it to a lab, and like the numbers are going to be extremely low, obviously, because they're from a leaf. But what they can do, what we can do is take those numbers and still use them as a guide to which plant is going to be the strongest male uh, cannabinoid wise. Like if one has 0.003 and one has 0.0012, well, obviously the 12 is essentially, I mean, I'm not saying this is a guarantee, but we'll probably grow up being the strongest one with the most THC, you know what I mean? Something like that. You can revert a male into female as well, can't you? I can't remember what uh, what you're spraying. Yeah, you can uh, induce ethylene. Basically, you pump ethylene into tents and you can make a male go girl for sure. Right. Ooh, that's a different different process. I've never considered that one, but why so would it, I want yeah, to It's going to be long and it's going to be a long thing. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but I know it's, uh, it is a thing that people can do. Hmm. Now, I mean, uh, I wouldn't even know if you know this, but if you do that, is it okay to smoke the bud from the reverse male? No. I mean, usually uh, on S. Anytime you put silver on a bud, they say do not smoke it. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I don't know. That makes a good point. You're not spraying the plant with anything. It's just kind of uh, breathing it in itself. So, yeah. But I guess for, I guess maybe for all the listeners, it's safe to not 
Yeah, yeah, when right. in doubt, don't do it. Right. Indeed. Pass. Oh, but to, exactly. to answer to answer your question more in depthly, so once you get that female pawn and you wipe it onto herself, well, now you're selfing it. So it's an right. S one, it's a self generation, and then you can right. do an S two, and then an S three, um, and then just. Right. Uh, but that kind of causes a problem in itself. If you keep selfing it, uh, it kind of loses a lot of um, speed per se. Uh, and a lot of you just it just loses good aspects of that plant. So you don't so want to go would say, to, you'd say self at once at most then is what um, I'm gathering from your, your statement there. I, I don't have any true I've never gone extremely deep and then like started testing them. So I, I can't I don't want to be foolish and uh, give an answer that I don't know sure. is true. But I do know that these, just for well from what I've read that um going deep deep into self generations you're just losing vigor and other and other problems create i just uh, i haven't brushed up on that in quite a while oh, i understand i see a question in the chat here from chilbert and he's yeah. asking can you explain more about culling plants showing alternating notes yeah so um i'm just like extremely crucial because um i just know that whatever i release i you know and biology is kind of crazy as it is so you want to try and have the best selections possible so like uh, you know, from the beginning, I guess typically I'm looking for like, you know, germination, um, you know, germination rates, obviously, like if, if I have five seeds that pop right away and the other three are still kind of behind, I don't, I try, I don't really use those. Cause that's just the, uh, you're just trying to really select the best things possible. But as it's growing, you know, you're looking for symmetry, you know, is it, are the, is everything perfectly symmetrical? Are the sets coming out? Is one leaf kind of bigger than the other? Those are issues for me. I'll, I'll delete those. You know, and then you'll start seeing the secondaries grow, which is like the, you know, the thing that's growing between the first two and three sets of leaves that internode there. Well, if those, if one's like two inches, the other one's like inch and a half, well, that's to me, that's kind of like a, a mutant type trait. And sometimes that's just lighting. So you gotta be careful about that. But like, sometimes they do grow weird like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a, that's a problem for me. And I know that's wicked crucial, but the whole goal is it's like painting a picture, you know, whatever you're putting forward into the seeds is what you're, someone else is growing so if you're, you really want to look into all those little details like that and uh so so the secondaries need to be kind of symmetrical or you'll look at the second the, the lower secondaries are they shooting to so far beyond and matching this uh the second set so now it's like a more of a like a wide open canopy versus like a christmas tree look and you just want to you're just looking for th and really there's no right or you know you're just looking for something that you want to bring forward and, and other generations, you know, my way isn't the correct, all the only way, um, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, but yeah, so just, you're just looking for all those little fine tuning things. And as much as you want to see the plant and flower, uh, in my opinion, it's best to just delete it because those are the kind of traits that we carried on. Now, what's not a bad thing though, is doing an open pollination of some sort first to save all the genetics. So you have storage of all of it. Cause you don't want to just, you know, take cut things out and then just keep that cross. And, and sometimes we all do because it's, you know, it's more time to do other projects, but um, it's always best to keep the pool open, but then narrow it, go down to, you know, an avenue of there and then you can narrow it down. But as long as you have the initial stock um, where the gene pool is wide open, because, you know, you might be like taking certain cannabinoids down different paths and losing them because uh, you bottled, you know, you took two girls that maybe weren't carrying one of them, but they looked pretty. And um, so it's good to have, um, I don't know if that helped at all, but it's good to just keep both. Well, yeah, you want to put the yep. best shit in, don't you? you want to get what you're putting in is what you're getting out at the end. It's all about genetics. So mm -hmm. you, you want to have the best genetics to bring out the best strain at the end. It's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, so I'll like right now, like with those skunks, like I want to do a project with it. So what I'm going to do first, and even with Kevin Gonzi, 
Gonzi that he seeds he gave me is I'm going to let all the males, ha- uh, you know, basically pollinate all the females. So now I know I have like the full, a whole bag of its mm-hmm. gene pool. And then you take seeds from there, find your girls, you know, for me, it's, I'm a feminized breeder. So I'll find my girls and I'll cr- back cross or cross. And I take that down different direction, but I know I'll always have the initial uh, huge gene pool in that big bag wait, you know, to tap back in and see, cause all that stuff's rare too, man. Anybody who's got seeds from like, 2000 and before yeah, yeah. Gonna, the old school shit land races and things like that you know the original stuff man if you can get that and isolate all the good shit and bring out new strains that, that that's epic you know yeah i mean that stuff's uh you know because you can't recreate what's what, what once was so anybody you know i collect i collect old seed stock like it's silver you know what i mean like i'm <laughs> it's it's super important to me um i have a i have a pretty cool collection so far thanks to the generosity of like other farmers and stuff so what's your process for uh, storing these, these, uh, or let's call them heirlooms because I mean, they're old seed that can't be replaced long-term. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty rustic, man. And I haven't had any issues yet. Um, you know, and I guess if I start having germination issues with anything, I'll make sure I could try and get all of them to germinate, but, um, yeah. and then do it. And then basically to restore it, you know, and start over. Mm-hmm. But, um, I have, I use Mason jars, man. I use Mason jars and I put rice in them, white rice. And basically, man, I've had, I still got four or five year old stock. That's just been sitting in a, uh, I keep, I had some stuff in a suitcase in Mason jars and, uh, basically them things are, them things pop immediately, man, without an issue. So I do uh, rice in Mason jars in a dark, cool place. And that should last, I would use, I would say at least 10 years for sure. It's it's shocking how long they last, how hardy they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, high humidity will deteriorate germination rates, uh, any moisture at all. That's why I kind of I pump mad rice in there. Um, but, but yeah, so what, I think uh, that's a good way. So what's your process then for when you breed in plants, you, you'd plant, say, how many seeds would you start off with? Like a handful um, of eggs, 20, 50, what would you, what would yeah, you I mean, yeah, I have some, uh, I have some close friends of mine that we all kind of, um, hunt the same variety that way. Cause we're all kind of, none of us really have farms in, 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 we're in, I'm in Massachusetts and there's not really like, there are farms here, of course, but, uh, you know, um, I just don't have capital to be opening up a facility to do breeding. So I kind of do stuff in-house and, uh, with that, there's like, uh, some limitations in regards to the law. So I try and keep it, uh, keep it cool. But, um, what that number is it's something else but <laughs> whatever the cool number is mm-hmm. but uh um yeah so i kind of you know i don't know we'll probably do like maybe between all of us uh you know we'll try and get to like 100 c's or something like that and then we'll um you know pick out females and i mean up in massachusetts you can have plants until they're like 10 inches or something i believe is what it is too so you can have Sweet. Uh, and they plant. just don't count yeah and then you can just nice. call as they go because you'll find deformities and issues and you know within 10 inches, you know, for, for the most part, unless it's like a, a heavy sativa where, you know, you get like two sets of leaves on 10 inches, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Um, right. but yeah, so, uh, I forgot the original question. Um, uh, you just watch your process, you know, uh, when you, oh, yeah, so we'll, yeah, we'll, to grow. yeah, so we'll find girls, you know, and, uh, we'll, you know, um, basically depending on how, it really all depends on the direction, right? So, I mean, some, some directions are take longer, some don't, it depends on how they blended. Did they not blend, you know, so you cross them you see, you know, if you take two similar plants, you have a far better odds of having 
uh, children that look the same versus taking something that's like short, short and like wide versus, you know, and then you cross into something that's like kind of tall and, uh, you know, skinny or something like that. You just have way too much variation in the children. Um, mm. But yeah, it just it's, that's a hard question. It's a deep question. I mean, like uh, to, to go into, but uh, yeah, it just depends on your objective. Everyone has different objectives. Are you chasing terpenes? You know, are you are you do you have something that doesn't yield well but it has terpenes, but it needs to yield better? So you put typically you're going to want to put something into it. So you want to take a high yielding plant and then cross it into that uh, the variety that you're trying to beef up. And uh, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. I'm all about just quality, man. You know, my yeah, direction, sure. the stuff we have right now is, uh, we have a variety called cherry crumble and it's, uh, extremely, extremely like extreme cherry, like sharp, sharp, mm-hmm. real, real heavy cherry. It's a it yields wicked. Well, it's super vigorous. It's, uh, it's an, it's an Afghani, it's an Afghani that was cherry dominant into a uh, wedding cake cut that I, personally sifted out of the seed line it's not the actual wedding cake cut i found that uh i basically went through an s1 generation of wedding cake and then found my own cut and then did uh did some work with that um but that came out good and so you know basically we found a beautiful mom well i found the beautiful mom and then we we crossed that into uh i don't want to go too deep on just what i've been crossed with but yeah i don't know if yeah, yeah. Uh, that answered any question yeah that's that's fine yeah because i think Breeding, I mean, not breeding. We said this earlier, more like pollen chucking, but it's becoming yeah, popular. Man. Let's, let's just call it seed making. Yeah. People seem to be getting more and more interested in making their own strains and they should be aiming to make the best possible, really. So, following the advice from guys like you guys, you know what they're talking about. And it's important for them, I think. Yeah. And then when, no, I was out in, when I was out oh, in Oregon, I noticed that all, all the growers out there want to have their own exclusive strain. So, even some of the, some of the growers out there are actually trying to, to, do a little bit of breeding on the side so they can have something exclusive that gives them more value. It's, it's kind of odd. Well, I've got this lemon tree from Barney's farm and it's, it's fucking incredible, mate. It's uh, the smell, the way it grows. It's just, it's pretty much perfect. It's, it's quality strain. And I'm, I'm thinking about making some seeds from that, but I don't have a lot of space to do it. So what would you recommend I could do to try and save the seeds or get, make some seeds from this yeah. lemonized lemon tree? That's a good question. Cause I'm like, uh, I'm like in a, I'm going to actually come up with like my, I'm trying to figure out like a new term here, but like, I'm like an apartment or like a uh, small room breeding master. That's like what I do, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or what I was doing. I mean, I definitely have more room now than I used to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I would buy, uh, the most simple setup. If you want to go, uh, I guess the most simple setup is just get a two by four, uh, two by four by six foot tent, you know, so two feet wide, four feet long and by six feet tall, which that doesn't really take up much room. Mm-hmm. And basically you're going to want one fan and you can buy like a cheap four inch. Uh, I, I typically like the ones that you, uh, are softer and noise. So, uh, you don't want neighbors to hear you. It depends on what you have. If you have a house and probably mm-hmm. doesn't matter, but, um, but yeah, so you want a fan below that's, um, you want a fan below that's blowing fresh air in, you know, cause usually there's portholes at the bottom. And then on the opposite side of the tent, you're going to want to put um, another fan in the top blowing out, but you're going to have that blowing out with a, du- a duct on it that ducks into a carbon filter. So while you're b- playing around in there and this pollen flying around, it gets typically it'll get sucked up 
into uh, the outgoing fan and into that carbon filter and then dissipates. So that way, like for me, I have like multiple tents like that set up. So while mm. I'm in there playing around, if something obviously, cause it does, uh, you know, some will try and escape up, but then it gets sucked up into the fan and then it, it gets depleted into that carbon filter. So I don't worry about cross-contamination and I'll have, yeah, yeah. I'll have multiple tents in one room with multiple pollen going around and I don't really have any, uh, I mean, do I really, really know? Not a hundred percent, but I'm, it's very, uh, you, you could tell. Uh, what's going on but um that's what i would do so just you know two by four tents like i don't know 100 bucks or 100 some change and then two cheap four inch fans and a carbon filter with a piece of duct and then um you know there's a product uh you know i mean you can go online and check out uh, sts silver thiol sulfate and if you actually type in if you go to google and type in the word uh steam it s-t-e-e-m it steam it and then hit the space bar and hit uh sts there's a there's two recipes on there that actually do work and they actually tell you how to source the products and uh hmm. um, and you can just spray one branch and let it blast on itself you can do it that way or if you have two clones of the same variety spray one whole plant and let it blow on uh, you know everything onto the other and you can have a shit ton of seeds that way um now that'll be your s1 generation of lemon tree and would that be pretty similar to the plant that I got it from because it's been salved like that? Uh, it's going to, yes. Yes and no. So it's going to be similar, but it's also not uncommon to see traits of both of her parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Not full-blown, but like you'll see yeah, traits yeah. of her there, parents. There'll so be, be little bits of genetic variations in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I would do. It's a beautiful thing, man. People should be, uh, all kinds of people should be making seeds. It's uh and more for collection too, you know. Yeah, it, for sure. Mm. You know, I think having a huge, uh, yeah, it's, I think I just I'm fascinated with collecting, man. I love that stuff. Chilbert says there, I'm reversing my number fifteen at the moment. Just starting to show her new balls. <laughs> yeah, what's um? Yeah, I think one of the hardest parts too that people kind of might mess up is uh, the timing, right? So you have to you have to make sure that you're spraying that girl and projecting when they'll have open sacs that are opening with pollen so that your timing must be on point with the other female that has just the perfect amount of you know mass hairs so that you can the more hairs the more seeds you'll have you know so the more hair um so that even can be tricky you know like i just did one that whole pollination i just did for the new line i'm dropping um you know i think i, I waited 14 days and that was kind of a sweet spot for me, honestly, you know, cause if one of them kind of blew pollen a lot because I had two different, I had a bunch of different pollinations going on, but, uh, I'd say 14 days was pretty, it worked. So, uh, so basically you spray the plant, put it in the flower and you're going to keep doing these spray rituals. It's all on that website, but basically, you know, spray it when the first day you spray it, put it in 12 and 12, 14 days later, you put that other plant with it and then that timing should be roughly around the right time. And, and I just made a post and this is really uh, helpful information for anybody that, cause everyone's going to go through it. I know they will, but, uh, or most people will is that timing a lot of times will be off. So when you finally do get pollen on the female, let's say you're in like week four and week five, well, that's a problem. Cause you only have like an eight or nine week strain. So by the time you get to week eight, nine, it's starting ready to kind of, uh, do senescence and it's like fading mm-hmm. and, but the, but the seeds still need like another week. If you don't want to be playing around that time, see, I just made a post about that. Seed maturation is, is, is so crucial to 
longevity to how much like food stored in it to how well it sprouts. I mean, it's, there's, it's, it's everything for a breeder, right? So if if you're playing with like a few weeks, then it's kind of done, but not almost done, but, or it might be done. Well, you, Oh, but I waited six weeks. So it should be done. You're just, you're going to have bad product, right? So you want to, uh, you want to let it run full term. And when I say full term, you know, eventually those calyxes will die and with the seeds in them. So basically I think it's like almost six, uh, maybe seven, eight weeks uh, of, you know, basically it takes around six weeks, but I let mine run to like eight, eight or nine until they actually, they like the flower starts turning brown and the seeds start falling out when you just Mm -hmm. flick the bush. Uh, And that to (laughs) me is, yeah, that to me is the the most important process of, of everything is that because basically all the work you did is nothing if you can't have Mm -hmm. a decent, product you I think know, that's something so. that doesn't get said enough you know how long do you need after you've pollinated a female with pollen how long do you have to wait until the oh, seeds well, are really ready to be taken out of the buds yeah so i kind of screwed you i didn't give you the answer to the question so i told you so, <laughs> so you said so about, uh, eight weeks right there's six it's six weeks but you, you can push it to eight weeks to make sure it's done yeah, well, not well. So he, here's the way to win that that situation. So basically, the conversation ended with like, your seeds are almost done, but your plant is fading. So what do you do, right? You screwed up. Well, you can actually switch the timer back to eighteen six, make it think it's uh, summertime again, and then you just keep, ah. and then you just keep feeding it veg, and those seeds will sit. Like my plants right now are essentially in like week seventeen flower, but they're. In, <laughs> but they're but they're, but they're still flower. They're still, they're still growing. They're completely fine. And now just now my, all the calyxes or what would have been the weed you would have smoked that have seeds in them are starting to turn brown and the seeds are wanting to fall out. And that's when I know they've had the true full, the, tr- the true full process, man. Cause I'm telling you, anybody that tries it, Oh, well, it looks striped and tired. It's great, but let's just harvest it now. That's a f- foolish idea, man. I, I think that's, you're going to just, you're going to have problems, you know, nice. uh, long term. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What would well, you feed the plant though? You know, when it's developing these seeds, is it different from when it's developing buds? Because when it's developing the buds, you're feeding the PK to try and get the buds nice and fat. But when it's growing seeds, is there something yeah. else you can feed it to help the seeds form better? Uh, that's a good question, man. I was actually thinking about that to myself uh, yesterday. I was like, man, it's just so interesting to me. Like, you know, tip the typically plants have been surviving for hundreds of thousands of years off of, but then again, we'll see, we're kind of force feeding. So it's different, but I had the same mm-hmm. thought, like, all right, I'm, I'm giving it flower food. Um, but you know what? Weeds are weeds, man. I think they adapt in all, in all, mm-hmm. in all climates and environments. So I think like, yeah, I mean, I am curious about that too. Like what is changing? Cause I'm, I'm sure there must be something changing in the biological aspect of that. But um, I've actually pollinated it in like week two or three and then did veg from there on. And, my, and I've had perfect seeds on just veg food. So I'm not too sure about the true answers behind the scenes but um but yeah i just feed a veg i mean right now i mean i've done both i've done full veg when they're pollinated i've done like you know i pushed it pushed the pk to late weeks and then went to veg and i've had no issues so nice so this plant just wants to live and do its thing you know <laughs> what i've found it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what the fuck you feed it most of the time it'll get through it'll get to the end it'll do its thing yeah and uh one other good tip that I would suggest to anybody that's listening is uh, take a few hundred bucks, find a, a carpenter that you know, or maybe that smokes weed, give him some bud, and let him build you a seed separator because it will save your life. What's one of those? Like a, well, you, like a dry sift tray or something? 
basically it's a fully automated with a, you, you use a shot back like a vacuum and basically it's a wooden stand that you shove the vacuum in on one end. And then on the other end, there's like a porthole. Um, th- there's one on my feed. You have to look kind of far down, but um, basically you, you pour all the shake, you know, cause the shake with the seeds would take you like infinite years to separate that trying mm-hmm. to get every single seed out of like a, you know, a six foot tall fully seeded plant. You're talking like a long time. So it sounds horrific. <laughs> yeah it, you, you can never it's, it's like impossible almost <laughs> but uh but with that machine you just turn on the vacuum pour it in and within like three mississippis the whole thing separated the shake <laughs> the shakes on one side and the seas are on the other fresh clean you know and then the only part that we i still do by hand because i don't think they've created anything like that 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 i know of but you know i'll still myself and now that i have the pure seeds i'll put that on like at my kitchen table and i'll lay it all out real flat and then i'll sift through any seed that it might even be like in a, even a hint of not perfect looking or good mm-hmm. I, I swipe i swipe it to the right and then i just basically you know separate the piles <laughs> and then um so i still do that by hand but i don't know anybody that's i don't think they have a technology for that yet but so how many seeds do you get from plants on average like you a good question man I've never, so they have counting machines, which is pretty cool, but I just don't do enough work with big farms that are ordering bulk like that. So I've never really counted. I just kind of, uh, promote and get rid of them as, as much as I can. And then when I get down to like 40 or 50, I package them up and put them in my storage so I can tap back in down in the future. Sweet. Man, I want to do it. I'd love to make some seeds, but I'm just too lazy. Really? That's my problem. It's a lot of work, man. Honestly, uh, you know, it is a lot of work. Like now, you know, especially when they're flowering, like they've already, especially because you're indoors in small constraints. So you need smaller pots. Well, because, you know, you want more numbers or you don't have much room. So because you're in these smaller pots, you want the plant kind of big, right? Because you want more hair so you can get more seeds. But with that problem, well, what happens when you have a big plant in a small pot? That thing's sucking up the water in 24 hours. So now you're in there every single day mm-hmm. towards the, you know, the later flower when it's like prime time seed growth. And you can't miss that because you want to make sure that there's good food. They're getting good food. And yeah. um, <clears throat> basically it's just, uh, so I'm in there like every day now, every single day, every single day for like three, four hours, watering if they want or if they want. But I know that once I finally, <laughs> once they're almost done, it's back to like, chill mode but once you man it's so it is really hard work and you're like busy all the time but once it's over with uh it's really gratifying and you can kind of just like go on vacation for a little bit and kind of just you know it's, uh, no that's uh, weak man you gotta go again go again no vacation <laughs> make yeah. more seeds no well, like my vacation is like <laughs> go out to dinner <laughs> or something you know what i mean get, yeah. get a lion just a couple of extra hours sleep that's my vacation right. There you right. go. Well, what, yeah. what medium are you growing in yeah so, yeah so i started with uh i started with promix and botanic care and i did pretty well this is like way 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 back and uh i did all right and then i switched to organics because i'm like i mean i i eat pretty holistically myself like as a person i try to do everything that's clean and organic but uh so i wanted i was like well if i'm going to be using medicine i should probably be going that route too and mm-hmm. so i got real deep into that and uh i still love organic um, in regards of consumption, I mean, I do see differences between organic and salts in the flower itself. Uh, but I'm not going to say what those differences are, but I definitely see a difference personally, but, uh, and then for me, because it's really hard to do indoor stuff, 
um, you know, and I have these small spaces, you know, yeah. it's so hard to grow organic with like in one gallon pots. Yeah. You sure. I mean, that thing you're trying to, you're, you're supposed to stay ahead of it and let the microbes feed. So when the microbes feed, they can do, you know, there's, so that's, a, that itself takes time. Well, if it's a one gallon pot and is drinking daily and I'm trying to like keep up with it, it doesn't work out at all. So I had to, so because I'm for my agenda, which is breeding in small pots, I was forced to go back to uh pro mix and i use athena now so use athena and pro mix and man it's 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 very easy it's very simple and uh that's currently what i use and i see i see really good results too i mean my shit is like wicked frosty with that stuff so Sweet. Nice. I'm, not, I'm not trying to I'm, yeah i'm not trying to plug anybody but uh no, plug it man <laughs> plug, plug what you need to plug it's all good no i mean <laughs> if you like it tell them you like it that's nothing yeah, wrong with sure, that man yeah yeah athena is good someone so i have a close friend that runs a huge uh, uh basically the director of a massive uh cultivation facility down in mass here and they use that so i was like you know what he's like dude it's simple it's clean and so i mean <laughs> clean to an extent obviously but mm-hmm. um and i use it it's, it's it's great you know and i don't really i know there's probably some science between organic seeding and then like salt seeding but i don't know what that is and uh and i haven't really seen I've grown, I've done seeds with both and I haven't really had like slower plants or, you know, shitty progeny, you know, so I'm not too sure of, uh, you know, cause someone might say, Oh, well, organic seeding is better. Well, maybe it is. I'm not sure, but, um, just, yeah. If you produce these seeds that pop and grow yeah. nicely, it doesn't really matter what, whether it was organic or salt, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It does the I job, get, man. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, I'm not a scientist, but I wouldn't see where what you're feeding it would make a difference in in the genetics. But like again, I'm not a scientist. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's something on a biological level. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, does it happen to humans? You know, I don't know. You know, well, Spartan always Spartan brought up a point before when we interviewed him a couple of times that when you're feeding with salt-based loops, there the plants only get in like 22 to 25 different nutrients, different elements. But, but it's taken from the uh, salt-based nutes. But when you're feeding organically, it's having more like 80 different minerals, 88, 80, yeah. 90 different minerals. So it's got more available to it so it can take what it needs. But the majority of the good stuff, the stuff that it uses mostly, is in the salt-based nutes anyway. That would be really good scientific research. To, to I'd like to know that. You know, like what, mm-hmm. what, what can it, like are the cannabinoids changing? Like maybe instead of getting, you're hitting like 3% of something, you're only hitting one now. I mean, I'm sure there are definite, there's but definite think, changes in it. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of research is being done on bacteria, which is, uh, and that includes terpenes. Apparently this is what the study's being done, you know, but having a lot of bacteria in the medium, which happens more with organics than it does with salts. Uh, that improves the flavor but i've grown salts and i'll grow organically now and there's not a massive difference in flavor between the buds i grew when i was growing in cocoa to when i was growing in organics like i do now apart from that yeah, lemon your, tree but damn that lemon tree mm. what are your Sorry. thoughts on what are your guys's thoughts on uh salt versus organics and what the what the actual flower looks like at the end i mean do you think it's exactly the same do you think that maybe with salt you can get a little more of an icier product I, yeah, think, or... I think the strain is more dependent on what medium that, that you grow it in. You know, I've had some strains in cocoa that look like shit. And I've also had strains in organics that look like shit and, and vice versa. Some of them have looked epic and some of them have looked and in either medium, either way, man, I think it depends more on strain rather than what you feed in it or what medium it's in. 
I'd have to agree one. with that. I think some some strains are probably going to respond better to organics, and some are probably going to respond better to salts, yeah, and some yeah. are probably doesn't care. Yeah, some of them I'm are grown and tested like that as well, and some of them are tested and grown specifically in hydro mediums. So yeah, they'll be used to the hydro, and some of them are grown in organics, so they use the organics. It just depends uh, yeah, on the strain, I, mean, I think. Yeah, epigenetics is one hundred percent a thing. You know, epigenetics uh, pertaining to how how it was raised, where it was raised, the environment, the altitudes, and all that stuff. But I was kind of more talking like if let's say you had two lemon trees and you you were in a competition and one did organic and one did salts. I feel like from at least from what I have seen that the guy using salts that somehow the flower does look just a hair more uh, pizzazz because um, typically you're able to push the plant beyond its limits with the salts like giving it nutrient burns and forcing it to be something it's not really supposed mm -hmm. to be as if you were to let it run natural yeah. and that's just something i've seen and it's like obviously a debate between a lot of organic growers and non-organic that people they, whether they can match each other i'm just saying from my experience i've definitely seen like my new england raw candy which is like the flagship of my company i've grown it in organic and it's beautiful it's luscious it's everything i could ask for but when i grow it in salt it's definitely getting way more uh you know, trichome canoes down the, you know, the sugar leaves. And it's just definitely, it's hit it. It's down it to air as well though, isn't it? Air to get into the root zone because the plant needs air in the roots to be able to digest the food as well. And soils yeah. tend to be denser. So less air can get to the roots than if you're in cocoa or a hydroponic medium where there's an air stone bubbling away all the time. So right. getting air to the roots makes a difference to the birds, I think. Maybe, but maybe that cultivar is just more, suited for salts maybe yeah, yeah. because uh, that's the way you you raised it that's the way you selected for it maybe mm -hmm. it's just always going to grow better so it's like salts. there isn't one way that's better than the other I, I don't think i think people just find their way and that's what works best for them and that's cool sure. you know when people get adjusted to their own mediums then they'll do well in it that's just human nature i'm never going to tell you that your way is better than mine just yeah. no way mm-hmm yeah that is a good that is an interesting thought too because you know like everyone in the industry will say like hydroponic basically like i have but the guy that I, I work with or that i'm friends with up here he he's he's like dude i've i've and this guy can tell you what it costs per square inch on how to build out a facility like the guy's a wizard but uh mm -hmm. he's like man we run hydro because that's how we're hitting these max numbers and like uh, now it goes back to like what we were saying what's well, like well is it max numbers because of the process or that's just because of what that plant has been used to. And mm -hmm. it could be, it could be both. Like you guys said, you know, it could just be, maybe it's been, been grown in hydro its whole life. And that's just why it crushes it that hard, you know, in hydro or like, you know, there's just, there, there's so many variables with all that stuff. Well, we had Chris Trump on the show a few weeks ago and he was, he took us for a tour around this garden, which is uh, put a lot of input to and design. And it was incredible, man. Yeah, it was that's a no-till facility. No, no salt-based, no, no salt-based nutrients. All just all like IMO and uh, lactobacillus, just KNF in the uh, Korean natural farming. And it was yeah. it was beautiful, man. And the amount of money that 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 customer was growing, what was it, three thousand two hundred plants? I think it was monkey. No, I don't forget the number. It was, it was, it was a shitload of plants, man. But because of the, the that amount of plants, if you were buying nutrients all the time. For that amount of plants, it's going to cost you a fortune to get through the whole. Oh program. yeah, but if you yeah. sell up organically every day, though, Mackie, companies do that every day on mm -hmm. day, man. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised yeah. what they'll spend on salt nukes, man. But those those organic plants in the, with the KNF in the raised beds with the worms living in there, and they they look beautiful, man. And yeah, took it. What did he say though? It took him several several months to get to that mm -hmm. stage mm -hmm. to where yeah, yeah, yeah very know, true. Uh, very bugs true. were in balance and and nutrients were in balance and everything mm -hmm. was there.
but yeah, yeah I mean, I even think that I even think that organic gardening could probably, I think, in its perfect natural state, would crush salts. You know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm definitely. I just want to make sure that the message I gave is not that I think one is better than the other because yeah, I think yeah. they're, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, by any means. Because mm-hmm. I see like Brandon, we like, uh, you know, Brandon Ross. He's some of the flour that he pulls out of his of his crops. I'm like, how in the it looks. It looks like someone's, you know, it just looks, does it look uh, real sometimes? And it's like, wow, the guy did it. Get, he did that with organics, you know? And so I'm, I'm definitely pro organic uh, just for breeding. It's just really, uh, it's just more difficult in confined spaces because, you know, you need larger pots with organic. You got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a small tent grower myself, Kyle. So I am a salt grower because in my small space, I can get a better volume out of it with salt. So, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, you just- cocoa. Yeah, that thing, dude, that things, yeah, you can feed it that day and it would be in like a few days. It's like right back to normal, you know. It's, yeah, that, uh, that's, yeah. that's what I miss about cocoa, growing in cocoa. If there's any problems, then it's like flush, refeed, fixed. But organics is a lot more difficult than that. If you, you have to get it right at the start, make sure you got a good soil, make sure it's amended properly and be prepared and anticipate any issues that are going to arise because it takes a lot longer to fix. Oh, I know a lot longer. I was that's well, that's one of the things I was struggling with at that time. It's like, like the only way to really, you can't really diagnose what's going on. You can't check the, I mean, you can check the EC and stuff like that, but it's just, it is, it's more difficult. And I remember like, you know, sat, you need saturated paste tests to see what's going on in the soil at that point, you know, and fuck that. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to have to Mackie. If everything's right, if you're doing things right, you're probably okay. And so I just mix right. a shitload of chicken shit into the soil after I finished growing with it and some fish blood oh, and bone. Oh, you grew that chicken shit weed? Man, okay. that chicken. And I went, went to the, uh, <laughs> I went to the hardware store today. And when I got there, they have like buckets, uh, was it like 25 liters, 10 kilos of chicken shit for, for like 16 pound. So like, that's enough to last me a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. I said to the missus, coming back here next week. <laughs> And I'm getting, getting a bucket of the fish blood and bone and a bucket of the chicken shit. And that's 32 pound. And that will last me for a year. 32 pound. And that's even before I include the lactobacillus that I'm making. I'm going to do some of that jardim stuff, which Chris, Chris Trump said. Man. Yeah. I, I, I love, love stuff shit. like that. I, I would love for someone, uh, especially when I, um, you know, I'm in the process, hopefully, and maybe in the next few years, trying to get a little bit of land. But like, I would love... Mm if I ever get land, it's obviously hundred percent organic. Like I'm just going to utilize mm-hmm. the land and, and, and then I'm like excited to, you know, I want to learn K and F. I'm not sure. I don't follow too much of it, but I'm not sure what they're considering is to be some of the best approaches in regards to regenerative uh, agriculture. But like, you know, I don't know if K and F is considered one of them, but I would like to kind of maybe navigate down, down that road and see, you know, it's learn how to cool. do that. It's super cool. It's, it's, it's romantic to some extent. It's, you know, you're just working with nature to get the best out of it possible. And maybe it doesn't work as well as salt, or maybe it does. I don't know. I haven't fully stepped into it yet. But it seems really cool. It does work as well as salts, Mackie. It's just uh, it's learning a different rhythm, the, work, mm-hmm. the rhythm mm-hmm. to working with nature. And like you said, uh, anticipating where you're going to be in a month versus where you are today. Yeah. is that's, yeah. that's a lot of the whole thing that I learned back in the day when I was doing organic gardening outdoors. You know, just but yeah, I've been doing this thing a long time, you know, and to keep it interesting, you've got to keep mixing things up. I've been I've grown in salts for a long time. You know, I started off in DWC, like and the heavy end of the hydro, and then stepped into doing cocoa. And I did cocoa for a long time, and I love cocoa, even though I'm growing in organics now. 
it's like coco is my favorite medium that's just the ship and that's just so easy to do it's so yeah. simple especially for new growers if new growers come along like want to learn how to grow it's like go for coco if you make a mistake it's fixable in, in like 24 hours but soil it takes practice man it takes dedication takes a lot of research and you have to be happy with having shit plants sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Follow, follow the EC, man. Well, yeah, I think mm-hmm. if you're doing salt, mm-hmm. if you're doing salt, follow the EC because that stuff loves to yep. build up. And then the pH gets a little bit wacky because it's built up. And then you're like seeing all these deficiencies and you're trying to diagnose one, but really it's a whole bunch of them because the whole thing's just locked out. And then you got to, yeah. you know, but then you basically you just flush the shit out of it and then give it a, you know, a light feed. And then uh, usually, corrects itself yeah man it's not nice and easy i don't know if we say easy but we're experienced growers it's easy for us for yeah. new people it isn't so easy but no, it's easy to get your head around time. Mm-hmm. your plants dying help so how long have you been growing for there kyle you've been growing for a long time it all started back in jacksonville florida in Ooh. uh i don't even remember what year geez 19 something but uh a while ago you say 19 beforehand and it's it's longer than we think well it could be wrong yeah i'm i'm 34 and it it was i was when i was 18 um but uh so however long whatever year that was but um yeah i was in florida and i basically one of the kids i had met down there they had some uh their mom used to get flour from like cocoa beach and i I don't quite know where that was down there at the time but Man, that weed was like this tropical, vibrant, like neon. It was like some shit I never seen before, man. Even to this day, and uh, and her mom would like once every so many ounces, there'd be like a seed or two, and this kid collected them, and like he's like, oh, I got a bunch of seeds, man, and, and I was like, well, let's fucking grow them, dude. So we like went out <laughs> back, and uh, man, we got all these plants to like, I don't know, like maybe ten feet tall. And luckily, she had like there was like a fence yard but then they had an inner fence for like a secret garden kind of thing so no, you, the neighbors couldn't really see inside of the second inner fence Sweet. and uh yeah those plants were huge and like they were in like week three of flower and man they, i just remember they were so beautiful and like the fact that i was like 18 and having a kind of like a like a walkthrough garden that was huge like that and then wow. uh basically the these hel- this helicopter <laughs> i knew that yeah basically this helicopter started like hovering right above the damn yard and like maybe you know maybe like you know maybe 30 40 yards in the air and we were like oh shit yeah. so we so yeah so we brought them all inside we chopped we chopped up all the plants and we made like oh. one batch we made one batch of brownies off of 10 plants dude the shit was like 90 percent leaf it was 90 percent leaf it was like 10 percent chocolate and like you know so obviously i don't know that didn't cook well so we like ate a bunch of it but didn't get high and uh, it was just a mess <laughs> Um, yeah man then the, we're all going to suffer ptsd i mean there's a lot of people out there now who are growing cannabis legally but for us guys from the days where it wasn't legal and mm-hmm. for, for for me and for monkey and massachusetts you're allowed to grow right yeah you're allowed six yeah. per adult and then 12 per household max so if yeah, like you, you know you're still yeah. gonna get that ptsd man when the chopper comes over even though you're allowed to do it you're still gonna be like shit oh <laughs> Every day I go, every day I come home, I, I look down the, I look down the, the road first to see if there's cops <laughs> or something. You know, drive past the house on the way to the shop before, you know, coming back from work, you go, you drive past the house. So I better go to the shop first, pick up some papers. And as you drive past, you just look at the door to make sure it's still on, you know, <laughs> there's no fire, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you drive yeah, past you the house and look first before you even get out the car. Yes. Yeah, horrible, mm-hmm. Mackie, when you have to do that, man. Yeah, man. I know. Yeah, or you like triple check the room to make sure nothing, yeah, might catch on fire. So you like, you, you checked it because you, you know you got to leave, then you go back and check it again because you weren't sure. And then, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because if, if something catches on fire, you can't call the fire department because you got plants in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've had a, I had a, I had a pretty, I had a pretty close call, man. So I was trying to set up an RO machine to my water because I was trying to go organic. And if you're doing organics, you don't want chlorinated city water. So I was yeah. trying to, so, so I set up, but my sinks were all. I don't know what year, but somehow a year that doesn't allow an, ad- an adapter onto the damn fucking, you know, where the screen is. Usually you can just put an adapter, which would then go to a hose and that hose can go to your RO machine and the RO can dump into your, whatever you're trying to dump into. Well, there's no adapting on this shit. I was like, well, what the frick? So I was like, Oh, I'll just take the shower head off. Cause that's got threads on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, perfect. So I did, so I took it off, threaded the new thing on that went to the, the RO machine and from the RO into a, I have like a, you know, a 32 gallon drum on wheels so I can wheel it around. It's bad convenient instead of mm-hmm. filling up gallon instead of filling up gallon jugs like 30 of them you know which but uh um so anyway so i was basically i had you know i when i had turned the shower on there's like a small little spritz because there wasn't a, the best seal where i where i screwed it on i was like and i but i just shut the shower curtain like oh okay it'll just hit the shower curtain and then drip down like it's fine so i went to bed and i wake up at one in the morning to pounding on my apartment door and they were pounding. And I was like, what is going on? So I opened the door and it's a, the police chief in the fire Shit. department. And he's like, there's a, there's a flood downstairs. What's going on up here? And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, and man, I don't know how I thought about it so quick, but I was like, man, there's a shower going on for work. I must've left it open. I think it's let me get so basically, I was like, Oh, let me check. I shut the door on them. And I'm surprised they let me shut the door on them. So I run back and it was, you know, that thing was leaking onto the floor somehow. So I like take this huge, you know, I, I rip apart everything because it looks sketchy as fuck. You know, I, I roll it into my spare bedroom. The second I shut my, that bedroom door, they blast back through the apartment. They're like, what's going on in here and i'm like at that point i had a choice you know do you act sketchy or do you invite them in further so i was like come on in guys come check this out and i brought them into the bathroom and they're like oh you got to be smarter next time and then they left and man my heart was pounding so hard dude i I was i almost passed out and you know but they never (laughs) that was it i mean i I was like i am never using that fucking thing that ro machine again i was like i'll just go straight city i don't care anymore Damn, yeah, man, it's scary. I mean, I've, I've been growing for a long time, so the police have come to my door for other reasons. Not, not for me, for like things in the area. Or for, there was a burglary in the area last week. Did you see anything? And when you see them coming onto your drive, they're going oh knocking on your door, you're like, oh, shit, is this the day? Is the day, <laughs> yeah, the day they're know. coming for me? Yeah. <laughs> looking Hide everything. Move everything now. You know, you just got to, if the day comes, man, you just got to be ready for it, and it? But it's amazing how quick you can think on your feet when you're in a position like that for sure well and i mean you always have that excuse where i mean honestly cbd is federally legal so they don't have a clue what you're growing unless you're unless you're flowering and it's obvious but like if you're in veg there's nothing they can do about that on a legal level i mean they're all they're all cbd plants until yeah. anything 0.03 is legal honestly until it goes past that you know but well, speaking of U.S. law, uh, the, earlier, there, well, it was in a, early April, I think the DEA classified cannabis seeds yeah. as hemp. So yeah. that really must be a good news for somebody like you. Yeah, that was huge, man. I mean, nobody really wants to work with us uh, in regards of, um, you know, pr- credit card processing because we're affiliated. Yeah. So uh, but now people are. Um, people are starting to, to pull through now and. Uh, um, yeah, it just seems like a blessing. It's a long time yeah. coming, you know. 
So the credit card companies with that simple ruling right there, the credit card companies are going to change their mind and allow people to buy cannabis seeds with credit cards. I mean, I know that some, so like right now I have a a situation where um, I do have a, uh, a relationship with an actual bank that are, is willing to let me use credit cards on my site. The downfall is I have to pay a monthly fee and a transactional fee. The transactional fee makes sense, but the monthly fee is kind of retarded because they're already getting. Do you mind us asking how much it is? Is it extortionate? Uh, Don't tell us the amount or, you know, is it just a stupidly high fee? Are they taking advantage of you? It's anywhere between, uh, it's it's somewhere around, uh, it's it's above $100. Fucking a month. Yeah. Damn, cheeky motherfuckers. Over over $1,200 a year then, let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I'm factoring that in. <laughs> but but somebody just reached out to me today, actually, and said that this oh at 5 30. So yeah, at 5 30, I this guy's calling me, but uh I just looked at my email. Um but yeah, so this guy, this new guy, how how ironic, this new guy just emailed me yesterday. He's like, Hey, my name is blah blah blah, and uh we have a new bank that you know basically our bank our processor and our legal department all got together and we've decided to start doing seed companies probably because of what you just mentioned too i think that maybe they're kind of being open to it more mm-hmm. and then he was like he's like there's no third parties no bullshit da, 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 da. But everyone kind of has the bells and whistles until you really get into it mm-hmm. um you know but uh so this might be promising maybe they can just get me on transactional fees and i'll jump ship today <laughs> you know yeah. uh but i'll know i'll keep in touch with you guys let you know if it's a better scenario than uh, this other person um you know transactional fees make sense you know it's whatever like you know maybe it's they capitalism, get capitalism anyway it's eventually the banks are going to keep undercutting each other until they can offer people a better deal and then right. everyone's going to go with the guys who give the better deal and that's the way it is. yeah yeah i mean I, I i'm even fine paying five percent like that's i think that's fair right you, know, you let me use credit cards and i'll give you five percent you know which is that's more than generous. Five percent. Right. So, uh, and I'm happy with that. More than three. I'm sorry. Three's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's just, it's just very, for people that are heavily in the industry, like getting our account shut down when there's like a lot of, uh, you know, like some of that money is to like help maybe pay rent or feed, you know, whatever the situation may be. It's just really tough for us that are, that use those accounts, you know, to help with things and they shut it down or they, they make you refund all of it back to everybody. So now you're like trying to figure out yeah. who got what and you have to give it all back and then you have to give the money back and you're trying to figure out what's going on. It's just, it's so messy and it's so, it's just it's such a struggle and stress, you're trying to help right? people. Stress having to do something like that must really piss yeah. you off, man. Yeah, it's it's just a rough road. That's why some of us are willing to even do ten percent transactional, which is ludicrous. But we're just willing to just like let, let us just take credit cards and we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> like you know, like we're at our almost on our knees, just trying to. Um, and I maybe some people have other solutions right now. I'm not too sure, so maybe I sound foolish, but uh, I'm I'm pretty close with some really good people, and uh, we're still trying to navigate it. But I think things are now changing. So, Breda Steve said that when we spoke to him last year that he was thinking about opening up his own bank specifically for these reasons. But it costs yeah. a fortune to set one up. You need millions in the bank to cover loads of shit. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I actually uh, I actually just reached out to Breeder Steve uh, last week because uh, I just built them. Basically, it's, uh, Twitter wouldn't give me my old account back, so I just started a brand new one. But uh, And Breeder Steve was one of my followers back then. So I, 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 you know, me and him and going back and forth, and I asked if I can come visit his uh, farm out in Spain, I think it was. And uh, he was like, yeah. So I might do that as like a of little. Course, he's such a cool guy, man. He'd be like, "Yeah, no problem. Come round, man. It'd be good to see you." 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think cool he said he's got, yeah, he's got a huge farm. He's doing some really cool projects with land races. And I bet you there's some really, really interesting smells on all that land race mm-hmm. stock, man. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, uh, this is like months away, but yeah, I'd be, and I've never been over anywhere, anywhere near there on vacation. So I'd love to kind of maybe I've never really been anywhere. I've, I've been to London once and that's as far as I've ever left the country, but like, like um, UK London. Yeah. So I went to a, uh, I went to some kind of a, a conference to listen to a, uh, basically some, a business conference. And, uh, I was at, I went to Heathrow airport in London Wow, and, and I kind of stayed there and I didn't really journey much out of there, but, uh, but it was a cool place, man. You know, just for the little bit that I saw a lot of Indian food, which was interesting, uh, and good. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool just to be in a different country and, you know, the beer, the beer tasted a little bit better, which was cool. Uh, <laughs> but it was more know. expensive, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even know what the money was. I just they could have just robbed me the whole the whole time I was there because they're like, oh, it's you know, I don't I don't even know what the coins meant. I don't know anything. <laughs> See, uh, Mackie, everybody's beer always tastes better. He went over to London and thought that the beer in London tastes better, but you drink Budweiser. Yeah, but <laughs> Budweiser in England. If it went to the states, <laughs> Budweiser wouldn't be the same. <laughs> it's still Budweiser, man. It's still Budweiser, man. Yeah, but my grandfather. Bud, yeah. I like Bud. Yeah, <laughs> Bud's good. They got what? They got Budweiser in London. Yeah, yeah. Or... That's that's my that's the beer I drink when I drink beer. I don't drink often, but when I do, it's Budweiser. I had no clue. Man, I didn't know they were that. Like, I mean, I guess I kind of knew that they were that multinational. That's pretty interesting. Seems mm-hmm. like the whole world is multinational these days. Right. You gotta, I mean, I've got friends who do take the piss out of me. Like, you know, like, yeah. What are you drinking American beer for? What's wrong with you? Let <laughs> me drink Coors Light next. What's wrong with you? That's right, yeah. man. It's Rocky Mountain High. Oh, yeah. fuck you, man. I like Budweiser. It doesn't have some funky aftertaste like a lot of beers do. Yeah. 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 Man, my grandfather used to work for Anheuser down here for uh, like 30 years. And some of the stories, man, he used to talk about how they would purposely drop 30 packs because they would let, they were allowed to take it home if there was any damage to them. So they'd just be <laughs> dropping 30. And they were back then they were allowed to drink. So they were all just getting trashed while they were working, doing their eight hour yeah. shift. But then I think people started getting hurt and then they kind of cr- cracked down on that, you know, you know, breaking out your fights yeah. mid shift, you know, <laughs> yeah. I knew a driver yeah. for Anheuser Bush that used to put a case every now and then in the back of the store and hide it so that when it go past the date, he could buy it at half price. Oh like, my That's God. a racket and all that stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. So you still with the uh, cheap homegrown guys, right? Yeah, yeah. We still, uh, still go. I mean, I, I, I'm on the East Coast, man. And they're all on the West Coast, so it's really tough to do the whole two hours because I wake up at like five a.m. for work. So like, and you know, so they want to end it at nine. That gives me like six, seven hours, but like I really didn't get to spend time with my other half. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm kind of. So it's just, but I definitely do six to seven. Uh, I try and sometimes I do seven. Uh, I'm sorry. I always do seven to eight. I try and do seven to nine just as much as I used to. Uh, but yeah, we still do it. And uh, um, yeah, you were on there a few times, were you? Yeah, back in the day, back in the day. But I got too busy when I started doing more on purses. And then we started up this podcast and our podcast is on a Sunday night as well. So yeah. but, uh, we wish me and Monkey should be coming on to the show this weekend, maybe, because we're, we're going through like um, a cheap home grow kind of <laughs> kind of stretch here right now on uh on the high and homegrown because we had jack greenstalk on recently we've had you we, we should be having matthew gates coming up soon we'll be speaking to spartan soon hopefully as well so just getting a bunch of you guys who are on that show to come over here and speak to us as well so 
I want to get over there. And Jack said it should, because he was away for the last few weeks when he came back on Sunday. And uh, he said, maybe we can jump on this week with you guys. I'll contact me and see what he's saying. Because it'd be good to jump on and see how everybody's doing. Is Miss Miss uh, Miss Nooty, isn't it? That's her name? Yeah, Miss Nooty. Yeah, yeah. Is she still on the show? Uh, honestly, she hasn't popped in in like a few months. Right. Um, but she uh, she pops in here and there, and she seems to be doing she seems to be doing real well, man, wherever she is. Uh, yeah, just crushing it somewhere, just moving up the ladder. And, uh, you know, it's just I'm, I'm really happy for her. She seems to be happy and doing what she loves. So. It's good, man. It's like the things uh, going forward all the time, lots more places legalizing. But when, when places legalize, people have a lot more opportunities. But here in the UK, we're still illegal, man. So I have to still sit down here behind my mushroom avatar, you know, and not reveal my face <laughs> and not, not be able to really get involved the way I want to get involved, man. It's a pain in the fucking ass, Same mate. for me, Mackie, man. Look, I'm still in the league. I'm in the States, but I can't do uh, If I showed my face, I'd be in jail tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Damn, the fucking red states, huh? Yeah, unfortunately. But, you know, there's hope. And I'm keeping up hope. And that's why I'm on this microphone. I got to spread the word. I got to get it out there. So let people yeah, know. Yeah. Keep, keep it going. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, well, yeah, I'm kind of hoping. Well, first, I'm hoping all states go legal so that everyone can be free, really. You know, like, mm-hmm. what, the, like what the hell? But uh, personally, I'm hoping New Hampshire goes live because that's where I'm originally from. And uh, man, there's some beautiful land out there. And I, nothing, my, I would be happy just having like a little farm out there and just kind of uh just just you know just whatever but uh so yeah i I believe this hope man you know i think they just i think they actually just turned down the bill that passed but uh, i still have hope though yeah we are all moving forward it's just at different different rates eventually everybody's going to be legalized and hopefully ed rosenthal is right and this is all just going to be seen as a tomato plant one day people just growing mortals out there on their back decks you know just planting a seed Hopefully. Well, how is it where you are, uh, Mackie, over there? Are they even coming? Is there anywhere that's legal in that whole country? Well, we're legal for medical use, but you have to go and buy your medicine from um, a, private. From a, 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 a legal pharmaceutical place. And oh, you can't even. So, yeah, so no dispensary. It's like literally, no basically, it's controlled. Yeah, it's controlled by the medical fucking, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people still, we have the NHS in the UK. I'm sure you probably know that we have a social health care here. So uh, medicine is essentially free at the point of use, but not with cannabis. You have to pay a fucking fortune for it. But there, there is three people. There's not many people. There's a small amount of people in the UK who do get cannabis on prescription from the NHS. So it's free. But uh, these are kids with uh, epilepsy and issues like that. Which is fair enough, you know, the kids getting their medicine. That's the thing which we need to push for first here in the UK is making sure the people who need cannabis as a medicine can get their medicine for free without having to pay a ridiculous amount of money for it. Because right. otherwise there's a lot of people who just can't afford it. People have to pay thousands every month to get their to get the medicine for their children, man. We have to do something about that. It's fucking shocking. The I mean, are they they're like paying per gram is ridiculous though? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you're talking about as much as a thousand pounds, not or twelve hundred pounds a month mm-hmm. for medicine for your kid. I mean, who can afford this every month over and over and over? It's not yeah. it's not right, man. It's not no, no. I mean, what is it? I mean, how are they like what's the penalty if they let's say they found me driving around with like a, a half an ounce of weed? What happens? What would happen I mean, to me over there? I mean, not much will happen for half an ounce, really. I mean, we're we're at a we're at a point kind of where it's decriminalized. 
But yeah, okay. if you found growing it, different story. You know, you get a slap on the wrist for a few plants, but anything over, I don't know. It depends. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on yeah, a lot right, of different yeah. things, man. But yeah, because I'm sure. If they, I'm sure if they wanted to bone you, they'd do like, oh, contention, mm-hmm. attempt to con- uh, distribute. You know, it's easy. But it's no, like, that's what I would get if I got caught right here. Right. You know, well, my wife uses cannabis for medicine for for pain, which she has with her back. Now they would rather uh, take these pharmaceutical medications, one of which is called diclofenac. And oh, yeah. the, this is some powerful nerve blocking agent. And if you take it for more than six months, it has the potential of killing you. But and she would have been on that medication, on that diclofenac for over three years now, three or four years, she would have been taking this medicine every day. Which the Mackie, it only has the potential to, to kill you. It's not going to absolutely kill you. So yeah, that's what they would say. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's safe to take. But and then she has to go and have tests to make sure that her kidneys are still fucking working properly if she's yeah. taking this medication. So it's like, now fuck that. Cannabis works as a pain relief for her. So I grow cannabis for her so she can get pain relief kidneys. that isn't going to fucking kill her. So if they ever do come for me and I go to court, I will have my day in court and I will have to make sure that things get fucking said. But Hopefully that will never happen because I don't want to lose yeah. my plants, man. I love my plants. You know. I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's uh, yeah, that's that's it's yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's sad. People have it worse, man. People have it worse. As long as they leave me alone, and I because for me, I don't care if it's legal, illegal, whatever. Just leave me alone to do my fucking thing. I'm I'm happy with the way things are. What I want to see the little change for is for them people who can't grow their own or, or are not in a position to be able to make their own cannabis like I do, and for these parents who have children for people like billy um we have a listener billy bonds because th- this goes out to patrons you see we have a few patrons sitting while we do the interviews live yeah, and billy's here here now and he he has lung cancer and shit and he needs to grow medicine for to help with his lung cancer and he also has a son who has intractable epilepsy and autism so he also uses cannabis medicine for his kid as well so he needs to be able to get a certain amount of medicine to, be, to make sure that everybody's covered. And that's a lot of fucking medicine to cover. He needs to grow a, a lot of plants to make sure that he has enough. And he recently got raided and they took his plants, took his medicine. You know, now he has to grow all over again. He's on a tag. He's not allowed to leave the house after five o'clock and all these stupid fucking. It, How do you think they found out? Uh, Billy is quite open with it. He don't give a fuck. He'll be like. Uh, he's, he's been to the police station and told them I'm growing for my medicine. Fuck you, <laughs> which is fair play. Yeah. Yeah, no, good. It, some people have to do this, man. Some people have to go and have that fight to make sure that the police are aware. But at some point, they need to bump up their statistics and get the right mm-hmm. amount of busts in the right areas. So they look for an easy target like Billy and they're like, oh, look, let's go just get him. That's the way it works, isn't it? Same Same thing the quotes are up. They knew Trev was growing. They just went into his house too. Same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. While we're here, we'll go ahead and bust you. It's, it's ridiculous, man. It it's a shame yeah, that people man. get persecuted for this this plant that doesn't kill anybody. You know, it, and, and like I said, the the medicine that my missus takes, it, it could kill her if she took it every day for six months. But it's on the fucking prescription, like potential side effects, risk of death. It's like, yeah, I'll keep taking this. This sounds safe. And that's only one of the many painkillers that she has to take, just one of the many. And she isn't the only one who suffers like that. There's lots of people who suffer like that. And not everybody has, you know, is fortunate enough to have somebody who can grow cannabis for them. You know, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, man. It's a goddamn shame. And some people are then not in a position to be able to grow their own cannabis, even if it was legalized. So they need to be able to go to dispensaries and places where they can get safe, sane access 
to this medicine because it's a fucking medicine. I'm sure I don't need to explain to you, you know, I'm sure you, you, you understand the medicinal properties of this plant. But it's a shame. It's a shame. It, it, it's an absolute fucking farce and things need to change. And they are eventually, they will change eventually, but a lot of people are going to suffer until they, until eventually does happen. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully it's coming. I mean, I mean, I don't know about some of the other countries, but I guess the the U.S. is trying is in the process of passing a federal bill to to. Mm -hmm. to so hopefully that happens. That's, yeah, but that yeah. also makes that makes me nervous too. Like I'm I'm not sure what yeah, floodgates what, what floodgates that open. Yeah, you so. got three separate bills going at the same time though, trying to get cannabis legal. I'm afraid yeah. that the three separate groups are going to fight each other. Instead of uniting on one bill, we may end up with nothing. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head down. Keep doing your thing, man. And if they come for you, they come for you. That's just the way it is. But you, as long as you know, we're all adults. We know the difference between right and wrong. And we know that we are not doing anything wrong by growing our own cannabis. We're doing absolutely nothing wrong. So fuck them. If they want to come for us and persecute us for something which we're not doing, which we see as completely fine, then that's just the way it has to be, isn't it? They're the right, people in the wrong case. Not us. We're personal growers. We're growing mm -hmm. for our own medicine. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing we're doing. We're not bringing it out to anybody else. But even, even for guys like you, Kyle, where, you know, you're making seeds and you, you're trying to make a business here, but you're not allowed to because of the federal laws and the banking system that is preventing you from going out and making a legitimate fucking business. It, it's an absolute farce, man. This shit shouldn't be happening. Yeah, for a product that's obviously desired because I looked at the it's website, like, there's do, nothing left. <laughs> do, they, do they not understand what happens when you have prohibition? Did they not learn? Have they not learned over the last fucking hundred years what prohibition does? It, it, it's frustrating, man. We put these people in charge of making our laws because they're supposed to know best and do the right thing. And this is what we end up with. It's a farce. I'm going a bit ranty. Well, it's it's fine. We needed a Mackie <laughs> rant on this episode, you know. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, hope. Yeah, what's uh, all I can, like you said, all you can do is keep your head up and uh, mm -hmm. and just keep uh, keep plugging away at it. And indeed, man. So uh, but yeah, no, I, I think you? I do. I do think about that. It's like, man, if I were to ever like kind of get like called out in some way on what I'm doing. It's like, man, I'm like literally just making, and I picture myself in court being like, your honor, like I'm, I'm not selling weed or, or drugs. I'm, I'm literally just making seeds and like, well, we don't believe you. It's like, well, no, that's literally what I do though. Like I just make seeds. I don't really, I don't even, I, and I, and I donate all the, the broken flour up after I get the seeds out, you know, but like no one would ever believe that. And now here mm -hmm. I am getting, I'm getting in trouble for just making seeds, you know? So it's a, uh, who knows, you know, Let's hope it yeah, I guess yeah it's all part of the all part of the plan all you can do is just try you know that's it mate just do you just do your thing you know you're not doing anything wrong if you enjoy doing it keep fucking doing it and fuck the i think yeah and i think for the most part they got bigger fish to fry than like, yeah. like the clock than the closet grower mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? for sure mate yeah and that, that's why we have percy's grow room you know it's it's a forum for people who grow cannabis for personal use and i hope that keeps us under the radar so that they don't need to come hunting for us. Then go to Instagram and find loads of people who are fucking selling way more than cannabis. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> had some guy the other day on Twitter who was posing as Paul Stamets trying to sell me LSD tabs. It's like, God damn. <laughs> it's like, bro, you even spelled his name wrong. I know you ain't Paul Stamets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's crazy out there, man. So what's the future for you, Carl? What's the future for you and pure breeding? You got any well, big that's plans? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I have, so... Uh... 
Yeah, so I have some relationships out in Michigan where my plants are going to start being used in their facility. So my brand will be in Michigan and uh, who knows where, where that'll expand from there. So that's really exciting. Um, I have a job offer down in uh, Belchertown, Massachusetts, and it's to be the director of cultivation at a 10,000 square foot facility. Yes. Um, nice, bro. That, yeah, that's happening in October. And I obviously, I, I presume I'll be taking it. And uh, so that's really exciting. And uh, yeah, just trying to, prepare for uh i don't know new hampshire going live i guess you know in the meantime and hope that i can you know i need to uh just figure out residency so i can be ready for when that happens i can get some land and uh i don't know i have some other things going on like uh you know there are some towns in massachusetts where um depending on which town you're in you can literally grow cannabis on a commercial level in your own yard as long as you have so many acres and i was like wow so so like you can literally go to bed walk out in your backyard and work on a commercial farm like as long as you have the land fucking sweet wasn't it shit yeah and uh there's like seven towns in in massachusetts that allow that and the more in the rural towns it's like real uh, boony but like whatever you know and uh so I'm looking into doing that and getting a license for that. That's maybe a few years down the road though. Um, but uh, yeah, so right now just that director job and, you know, my genetics going out to Michigan and then, you know, all the stuff that I'm working on with my seed projects and I have some collaborations with uh, right now we're actually, we're doing testers for them, but we have, I have a collaboration with Mr. Soul from brothers Grim seeds uh, together. Nice. Yeah. We just did something together and then uh, mean gene from Mendocino, me and him got something in the works together. That'll be a little bit more time. Cause you know, we, we want to make sure the lines kind of work. So that's happening with us. Um, and yeah, just, uh, just trying to help as many people as I can, man. You know, I just mm-hmm. want, if I could give any message, it's just that, uh, you know, the more, if you just give, you don't have to worry about anything in life because the karma always comes back around, man. And tenfold. So and yeah, I just try and keep giving and uh, I've been really blessed because I keep giving and, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep trying to help and, you know, see uh, how many people I can help before my time's up. <laughs> yeah. So did you tell you I had another call to be at half past there? Yeah. In uh, about seven minutes, I have that new processing company calling me. So hopefully uh, if that's good news, I'll definitely uh, let you guys know too, or, you know, I'm sure. sure maybe, you know, I'm sure you guys, who knows people need, people need that information. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> And, you know, stay in touch, man. If you ever got anything you want to let us know about, you want to come on and talk to the audience about and shit, then you're always welcome to come and sit and chat with us. I mean, chill. Yeah, I, 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 I totally appreciate that. Uh, I try my best to try and, you know, get more involved. Um, currently, in the most recent days, uh, I barely have enough time to try and be a, a good family member or a good mm-hmm. uh, boyfriend. But uh, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm managing all the wheels. And, uh, That's you know, all you but, can uh, do, yeah. bro. That's all you can do. Yeah, yeah, just uh, doing my best. Mm. <laughs> yeah, nice. but, uh, so but where, hey, where, can, where can everybody find you before you? Yeah, I, you I just want to say, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, uh, first of all, thank you both of you for uh, taking some of your time out of your day to give me a chance to maybe help some people. I'm sure uh, I feel like I've I said some pretty decent content that might yeah, help somebody. It's been a good interview, mate. We really appreciate oh, yeah, you coming yeah. on, along to talk to us, man. Yeah, uh, for people that are looking for me, uh, Instagram is pure underscore breeding, Twitter pure underscore breeding, Facebook is just pure breeding. Um, my website is purebreeding.com. Uh, right, right now it's a little shy with seeds, but I want to say, and maybe shell, supply issues, the supply chain. 
Yeah, and like <laughs> I think go. I think in like three three weeks, uh, I'm gonna have a brand new drop, which and it's gonna be a really cool line that I'm dropping. I was super excited about it. Uh, so three weeks, it'll be stocked full, uh, all all feminized. So uh, and then I'm, I think maybe four or four months from today i'll have skunk and northern lights available um like really good selected versions that stank man this is so cool i didn't even tell you so i'm I'm going through that so they're only like four feet and they're only in veg by the way but like i love doing people like i'm like you know i ask people to smell their plant veg and they're confused like you can still do a stem rub and get a Mm. a hint a hint of something you know and uh man these plants are so gross like they stink and i (laughs) And I've never only a you know, stoner could understand what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I haven't smelled plants like that because it's only in the older shit, you know. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we all we and we all find good stuff that smells, but like I'm talking like that old, gross, like like it's like eight eight Ziploc bags, and it still has some stank coming out of it or something, you know. It's all uh, right. It's, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to grab grab a packet. Some dog shit. Exactly. yeah yeah and they're just so cool and it's like i'm actually like i feel like a, a kid while i'm like stem rubbing these because i haven't had anything like it you know so it's really cool it's cool to dive in the old stuff man the old stuff's awesome mm-hmm. so, yeah that's where my heart uh, is mostly yeah the old stuff that's why the old stuff's still around man because it's the good shit yeah 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 but uh but hey man i appreciate you guys' time and if i can be in any of uh, any other service in any other way of uh, in any form you know nice. uh let me know and uh i'll, I'll be there for you guys all right, yeah, man. man. Thanks for that, Kyle. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Have a good evening and good luck with Thanks. everything. We'll speak soon. Maybe we'll speak on Sunday. That'd be sweet. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Take All right, guys. Have a good evening, man. Good luck. Good luck. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Right, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And he's gone. Sweet. Cool interview. Go. cool interview. Well done, monkey. Well, good, good, good yeah, interview. Yeah, well, I mean, a little something different that we don't need. there we go everybody thank you very much again to kyle for coming to join us i hope you guys go and check him out go and check out his genetics and maybe go and breed some of your own cannabis man and come over to persisgrown.com start a diary we want to see what you're doing see if you breed your own cannabis and see if you make your own seeds and if so we want to see how they do as well so to do it man just it's real easy it sounds a lot more difficult than it is like most things when it comes to growing cannabis but all you have to do is get started and you'll be well on your way to making your own seeds man so do it Start making your own genetics. Start breeding and see what you come up with. But anyway, as usual, thank you for downloading the episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing the episode with friends. If you do that, we massively appreciate it. Uh, And stay tuned for the interview that comes up on Wednesday. Because again, we don't have cannabis news and grow guys this week. It's going to be interviews all week. So next interview is coming on Wednesday. We'll see you then. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) 